the God that made all the gold and all the silver and all the diamonds and all of the universe, that God came into a poor family's house. It's unbelievable. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and welcome back to In Grace, as we are a couple days after Christmas, and we're going to talk about that today. What happens after Christmas is over? And, you know, you take down the lights and the tree, and the gifts are gone, and you've uh, thrown away all the wrapping paper. And, uh, you know, what happened after Christmas? the birth of Christ. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to call this the after Christmas effect. I'm also today going to play you a song from the Quinton Road Baptist Church Christmas pageant, and it's a beautiful song. Now, if you could just see it, it would really be amazing because during the song, we have the three wise men come in and present their gifts to Jesus, and one comes in on a camel into our auditorium, which is a special thing. Everybody loves the camel that comes in. So we're going to play that for you. You're just going to have to imagine the the uh, pageantry going on during that. You could also go to our website at ingraceradio.com and click on the uh, the ingrace television, and there you can watch some of those uh, clips from the pageant. But uh, what happens when it's over? What happens when the crowds go home and and things get quiet? What happened? when after Jesus was born and after the angels were gone and the shepherds were gone and the wise men were gone. Well, the story continues. It doesn't, Christmas isn't just on Christmas. It actually continues all the way till today because Christmas is Jesus' entrance into the world. And because he entered, we have hope and we have the possibility of eternal life if we will just put our trust in him one time. So we're going to talk about this and more today. Also, we still have some Christmas cards left over. We'd love to send some to you because we want you to be ready for next Christmas. And we have the gospel on these cards. We're going to send you 10. They're original artwork with the wise men, angel, baby Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and the shepherds. You get two of each of these. They're beautiful. And the gospel's on each of these. And we'd like to send you 10. And as you put away your Christmas stuff, stick this into the stuff that you're putting away. And when you open it up next year, right before Christmas, you'll have the Christmas cards. And that's for a gift of any amount to Ingrace. Your gift will be doubled right now because we have a matching gift challenge. So contact us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. What happens when Christmas is over? What happens when it's time to put away the leftovers and put away the dishes and take down the lights? What happens at the end of the joyous celebration of the birth of Emmanuel, the birth of God with us, Jesus? One of my favorite parts of Christmas is our Christmas events here at Quinton Road. We've done the last few years, a luminary hike, which is putting the story of Christmas on a trail. And it is beautiful. It's incredible. We've had unbelievable response. Thousands of people come out and uh, have walked through that trail and all have heard the, the truth, the story of Christmas, the gospel. But I also love what we've done for many, many years. We're known for our pageants. One of you had said, because we showed some of the pageant 
on Christmas Eve, they said, you guys do that here? It's almost impossible to imagine that what they saw happened in this room. Angels flying in, coming down, and camel walking into the room. I mean, what pastor would allow a camel in the auditorium? So it's truly remarkable. We intend to do that again, hopefully this coming Christmas, uh, Bethlehem's Tower. But I wanted to show you a clip of that. As we celebrate Christmas, I want to show you the clip of the wise men entering into the nativity and the song, Joyful, Joyful. What do you think about that? Isn't that incredible? And the fact that you all do it is just awesome. And uh, it is impactful. People, they're just blown away. They're sitting here because we show the full story. We show Christ and his life and his miracles and his crucifixion and his resurrection and ascension. So it's an incredible story. The only one that is paid is the camel. Very expensive. You ever try to book a camel? Very expensive, these camels. And then I also feel so sorry for our first king that comes in. He doesn't have conveyance. He has to walk. And I just think that's awful. And I think we really need to fix that, don't we? Somebody's got to work on that. Let's come up with a way to bring in king number one. I mean, come on. There's got to be a tricycle, unicycle, something, something to bring in that first king. But what happens when... The lights turn off, the angels are gone, the sky is dark again, the shepherds have left the manger scene. What happens after Christmas? What happens the next day and the next day and the next day? Does Christmas have an impact on us past the lead up and the day itself? Well, I submit to you, it should. 
it should, and that's what we're going to explore today. We're going to talk about what happened after Bethlehem, what happened after the manger, what happened after the birth, and we're going to look at Luke 2. Again, the two places, if you want to read about the birth of the Savior, is Luke 1 and 2 and Matthew 1 and 2 really give you the, the, the details of that, the only two places we find it in Scripture, but there's a lot there. So what happened after the birth of Christ? Well, the next thing happened eight days after Jesus was born. It says in Luke 2, 21, when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. There's a couple things I want to point out here. Naming children. Very hard, right? Because you know the name you're going to give this child, they will live with the rest of their life. And so uh, we used to name our children such nice, simple names, James, John, Peter. But now it's like, I mean, all sorts of interesting names. I won't give you any examples, but names are a lot more complicated than they used to. And at first, I don't like the names that you name your kids. I don't like them at all. But then, once I start seeing the child and everyone's calling that child that name, I'm like, well, that's perfect name. Perfect name. For example, Willow. Willow doesn't sound like a child's name. It sounds like a tree. But now I absolutely love Willow because the name is now associated with her. So this was nice for Mary and Joseph because they got the name to give. They gave him the name that they were told to give him, and his name is Jesus. You would say Yeshua. Yeshua. There's no J in Hebrew, so Yeshua, um, Jesus is his name. And also, he was circumcised. And so this was a practice that God instituted, God gave to the children of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were to have a physical mark that reminded them that they belonged to him, to God. This was something that would be a reminder, not an empty ritual, which it has become an empty ritual. Don't ever let anything become a ritual. If we do something, let's make sure it has meaning from the heart, okay? That's my frustration with much of Christianity, is it's ritualistic. It's a recited prayer, or it's a prayer that you read. God wants to hear from you. God wants to know what you feel and think, and he wants to have that relationship with you. And when you start to have, you know, stand up and sit down and, and you recite this and that, you have all of these formulas and rituals that aren't even in Scripture, you've lost the connection with the truth of a God who's alive and a God who has created you for fellowship. Okay? So circumcision has become an empty ritual, but it was something that was impactful and meaningful and a reminder that this nation belonged to God. And so this child on the eighth day, as he should have been, was circumcised. Get ready to celebrate the holiday season within grace. This year, we have fantastic gifts to thank you for your support. With any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards featuring original artwork on the front, inspiring Bible verses inside, and the gospel on the back. This will help you show Christ's love this holiday season. 
For gifts of $35 or more, it gets even better. You'll not only receive those beautiful Christmas cards, but also 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem, Israel. And for gifts of $100 or more, you'll also receive a stunning olive wood nativity scene from Bethlehem, a cherished piece that will grace your home for years to come. Are you ready for more excitement? A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. That's right, your donations will be doubled. So, make this holiday season truly magnificent within Grace. Call us now at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Or visit us at ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Become part of the InGrace family and celebrate the season of giving. Don't miss this special opportunity to take on the matching gift challenge and double your support. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus fulfilled the law in every detail. And if he hadn't been circumcised on the eighth day, he would not have fulfilled the law in every detail. So it's amazing, as you progress through the life of Jesus, every I had a dot and every T had a cross, and it was exactly fulfilled as it should have been. Every prophecy was fulfilled about the Messiah in Yeshua. Every law that God had given to Israel, he fulfilled it perfectly. In Galatians 4, it tells us in verse 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, so this is the virgin birth, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Why? Because we cannot keep the law. Even the simple of the laws, we'll call it the Ten Commandments, the moral law. The law that I believe applies to everyone. The only one that I wouldn't say applies to us today is to keep the Sabbath. But we should take a day and worship the Lord and a day to rest. And the day that the early church chose was the day of the resurrection. I love gathering on Sundays, no matter what. And we've always done that. We've never missed a Sunday to gather as a church in all these 50 years. But we cannot keep the law. We've broken the law. We've broken the commands. If we break one, we've broken them all. But Jesus came under the law to redeem them that were under the law. That's us. We broke the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. And that's an amazing thing because Jesus kept the law and we put our trust in him. We can be saved and we can become children of God. That is awesome. So that's the first thing that happened that we know of after Jesus was born. Of course, those eight days had to be very interesting days. Remember, he was born in an unlikely place, a place that the sacrifices were kept. Any animal leaving that birthing area of the Tower of the Flock would have been destined for death. And so as Jesus left that chamber, so was he, destined for a sacrificial death for our sins. And they would have probably, once the crowds thinned out, been able to find a better place nearby, 
a home that they could be in while Mary recovered, while she went through the rites of her circumcision. And then 40 days later, she also had to go through the purification rites that women would go through after birth in 40 days. And also to dedicate, remember in Egypt, God instructed Moses to tell the people that the firstborn son would be dedicated because of what happened at Passover. Remember when the firstborn of the people and the livestock of Egypt all died unless they had the blood of the Passover lamb? And so to remind them, the firstborn son, and how God had saved them from that death, every Jewish male firstborn would be dedicated and a sacrifice made thanking God for passing over their ancestors so many years before. And so Jesus would have gone through all of these things and they would have probably been residing in a house. Now remember, Joseph was a tecton. That's the Greek word we say a carpenter. When we say carpenter though, we usually think of a woodworker. And maybe he was, maybe Joseph was a woodworker but it also could mean like a stonemason. There are other things that tectons did, and he would have probably had a specialty. But whatever it was, he was a skilled worker. And certainly while they weren't in Nazareth, where they were from, they were in Bethlehem, which is a number of miles away. He would have probably picked up some odd jobs, and maybe it was starting to go good. I wonder if... Joseph and Mary started to wonder if they should just permanently live in Bethlehem. I mean, this is where their ancestry was from. And if Jesus is the rightful king from the throne of David, why wouldn't he just go ahead and live in the city of David? Why not just move there? Now, the Bible doesn't say that, but they were there for at least 40 days, and I, I believe we're going to learn today longer. And maybe they were planning on just moving and staying there in Bethlehem. We don't know. But there are some clues in Scripture that tell us that. But in Luke 2.22, the next thing that happened after the circumcision was the days of purification. They went to the temple. Luke 2.22, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And I love every time the gospel writers bring in the Old Testament, the Hebrew scripture, for here Dr. Luke brings in a passage that we just talked about, as it is written, and this is in Exodus, in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. Firstborn male, is holy unto the Lord, you bring him to the temple, you bring him to the tabernacle, you dedicate this child with a sacrifice. It says in verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now the law actually says that if you can afford it, you should offer a lamb. The fact that they did not offer a lamb and they offered these smaller, less expensive but still acceptable sacrifices of two birds means that they weren't wealthy, that they weren't people of means, that they didn't have much. They were poor. And I think that teaches us something. Imagine the God of everything. You know, if you had 
uh, a brick of gold, you would, you would think you're pretty wealthy, right? Have you, any of you ever held a full brick of gold? I have. We were at a gold mine in Fairbanks, and they were like literally taking a whole mountain off, grinding up the stone. They were processing that, and we went on a tour of this gold mine my dad and I, and we were in the office and one of the guys that worked there was giving us the tour that we knew from Pastor Duffett's church in Fairbanks and he hands us a gold brick and it's really heavy. He said, this is worth, I think he said $250,000, like one thing. And it's really, really heavy. And you're just like, man, you feel so wealthy. It's probably worth a half million now. Uh, just incredible, right? You feel rich, but you know what? The God that made that and all the gold and all the silver and all the precious stones and all the diamonds and all of the world and all of the universe, and that was nothing for him, that God came into our world and came into a poor family's house. It's unbelievable. You know, the Bible actually tells us that God left the glories of heaven became poor. Let's look at 2 Corinthians in verse nine of chapter eight. It says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, right? The son of God, rich is an understatement, yet for our sakes he became poor. Why? That you, through his poverty, might be rich. Richness, riches, isn't the amount of money in your bank or the bricks of gold in your vault. Riches are knowing God, being saved from your sins, being saved from hell, having children that you love and love you, having a wife that you love and love you, having a husband that you love and love you. It's so much more than things and money, but we can get so sucked into things and, and stuff. That's not riches. But the Lord who was rich became poor so that we could be rich. Okay? Born in a poor family. He could have been born in any family, but he was born in a poor family. And I think that shows the value that our Father has on humility. Well, we'll pick that up again tomorrow. Right here on In Grace, we'll continue the After Christmas Effect Part 2. You don't want to miss that. And don't forget, uh, tonight on TBN, you can watch In Grace television. And it's the largest Christian network in the country, TBN. You can watch us anytime on YouTube or Roku. Just search for In Grace. And we're playing Jesus First Days, and we're filming this in Israel, so you definitely want to watch the In Grace television episode. As I mentioned at the beginning, we have some leftover Christmas cards. We'd love to send them to you so you're ready for next year. And they're original artwork card with the gospel on the back. We're going to send you 10 of these. There's five different cards, so two of each, for a gift of any amount. Whatever you want to do, it's going to be doubled right now because we have a matching gift challenge to the end of the year, and you're going to be all set for next Christmas. Contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go on the 
website to ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Your gift will be tax deductible, and so whatever your give will be doubled. If you give $35 or more, we'll send you the cards and 10 beautiful olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem. And if your gift is $100 or more, we'll send you all of the above and a beautiful olive wood nativity. Again, this will be perfect. So you're ready for next Christmas. Contact us today, 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Don't miss your chance to be a part of Ingrace's matching gift challenge. A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. For any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards with original artwork as a thank you. For $35 or more, you'll also receive 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments. And for gifts of $100 or more, we have a stunning olive wood nativity scene just for you. Be a part of our matching gift challenge. Double your generosity and pay it forward. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.